Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in St. Louis, Missouri today with my new friend, John O'Leary of JohnO'LearyInspires.com. John was born and raised in St. Louis and has a special story to tell about how the community rallied around him as a young boy after a tragic accident. This story embodies the culture of St. Louis and has made John the man he is today. In this episode, we trade stories about the St. Louis Arch, eat delicious barbecue ribs and flambe desserts, and learn about a cathedral with mosaics that are over 100 years old. You hear about these three unique stories and so much more in today's episode. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash St. Louis. Before we start the interview, I'd love it if you give my show a rating and review in your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback improves the interviews and helps new listeners find the show. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Lee, excited to be on, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, so today we're talking about St. Louis, Missouri, and what's your connection to the city? Connection's deep. I live here today. I married a girl from here. We met in college here. We were both born here, although uh, in separate neighborhoods. I love St. Louis. I know we sometimes get one perspective in the media. People view us one way, but I'm telling you, when people come here, when they take an opportunity to visit us, I think the majority of people who come to St. Louis are surprised by how awesome it is. It's a great town. My wife and I were there for an economic conference like a decade ago, and we loved it. We were there right around the time of baseball playoffs, and the city was alive and electric when we were there. Well, the the best time to come to St. Louis is when the St. Louis Cardinals are in the playoffs. The town is painted red. There are people everywhere. There's festivities everywhere. So if you have to time it one time a year, come around October, you will love it. So obviously, you love the town and everything like that. You've been there a long time, pretty much all your life. What's the main thing that's kind of kept you there? You know, family and friends, to be honest, what I find though, I, you know, I'm a speaker in my day job when I'm not uh, having the honor of being on shows like yours, I, I travel the world as a motivational speaker. And so I spend a lot of time in other cities, a lot of time in other states and countries. It's odd. People always say, what's your favorite place to go? And I always say St. Louis, man. I know it sounds boring, but I love landing at home. I love the arch. I love the rivers. I love how hilly our community is. I love the tall trees everywhere, but mostly I love the people. It's a great Midwest community that is kind of a blend of the East, the South, the North, and the West, all these various mentalities. And so we're that blend. And and I think we're proud of it. And we got a good thing going on. Nice. Yeah. I was being a California boy. I was a little sad when, uh, when our Rams went to St. Louis and then uh, a little happy when they came back, but then I left California. So it really doesn't matter, I guess. Your sorrow has become mine as your Rams have come back home. (laughs) So yes, I'm brokenhearted on Sundays now. They still haven't won a championship in LA, so you still have that. Those, above are, us, those so. are the prayers of the St. Louisans coming true. At least one year they came true. We'll find out what happens in the next. <laughs> so when people are coming to, to St. Louis, there's a major airport there. Can you tell us a little bit about the airport and how to get, when they land, how to get from the airport to the city? So it's kind of a, a mixed bag here. So, you know, larger cities have larger airports. I know I'm telling you some shocking information here. The cool thing is it's a really user-friendly airport. It's not that big. You're going to fly into one of two terminals, Terminal 1 or Terminal 2. 
depending on which airline you come in on, you can take any of the shared cabs. You can take uh, Uber, Lyft. You can hop on a Metrolink, which is like our mass transit. I would probably not encourage you to walk or ride your bike from the airport to downtown, but I guess you could. <laughs> it's about eight miles away. You're going to go through some tough neighborhoods to get here. As you do, I think you're, you're going to see that our city is worth getting to. So uh, that's the airport, and that's how you get downtown. So you definitely recommend getting like a use public transportation or Uber versus renting a car? Well, you can rent a car too. When I it, when I'm going out of town, I always base my decision on what renting a car on what I want to do once I'm there. If I'm just going to hang out in the city or hang out within a few blocks of that city, I just Uber around. I think that's a pretty fun way to get around town. If I think I'm going to take a day trip somewhere, like if so, if I come out to the Bay Area and I know I want to go to Napa, then I'll rent a car. In St. Louis, if you're coming only one time, I don't think you need to rent a car. I would just take mass transit or take Uber downtown and, and uh, have some fun exploring. Nice. I'm convinced. Uh, anytime I don't have to drive, I'm, I'm happy. So <laughs> when people are thinking of when to come to St. Louis, uh, what time of the year should they, should they plan their visit? Well, we chatted about this earlier. October, time it are on the playoffs. I think that's awesome. The leaves are turning. The weather is no longer humid and hot and miserable, which it frequently is in the summertime. It's also not cold and frigid like it might be in the wintertime. The fall is a wonderful time. And spring, of course, is awesome. We like the fact that we have four seasons, like four incredibly distinct, very cold winters, very hot summers, and beautiful springs and fall. And I think also in some of the notes you provided to me that depending upon when you come to the city, there's different festivals and things like that. So it's not like everything's concentrated in the summer or the fall. They're spread throughout the year. So what are some of those festivals? So since we're in the fall, talking to you and I right now about uh, the best time to come, there's a cool one in the fall called the Great Balloon Race. Energizer, the big bunny, he's kind of situated here. So every year he leads a wonderful balloon race. It's a cool thing to be a part of during the day. It's a Sunday. But on the Friday night before, they light it up in this massive park called Forest Park. Forest Park is, I think, the largest urban park. I think it's larger even than New York's New York's park. So it's just a great, cool urban park. Balloon race is a lot of fun. Fourth of July, all the various communities around St. Louis are going to have their own little festival going on. But downtown itself has a very cool festival, always around the 4th of July. Great fireworks, fun food, good bands, all that kind of stuff. If you come on a weekend, there's going to be something for you to do. So it's a, it's a great place to come for the Arch and the Zoo, which is world class. But the festivals that are there any weekend, you, you would decide to uh, visit us. And so for people that are listening, that maybe they're you know international listeners or anything like that, they may not be familiar. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the Arch? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, heard, I whispered this out. I'll be a little bit clearer this time. I am a speaker, and that means I travel around giving talks, but it also means I'm an author. And a gentleman came all the way from Thailand to do an interview with me on this book that we wrote. And this guy, he's doing an interview. I'm like, hey, man, have you ever been to St. Louis before? And he said, no. So I drove him around, and he was so impressed by the city. And then I take him to the Arch. And he his mouth was open. He could not get over how cool the arch was. He'd never seen it before, never heard of it before. The arch is about a 650 foot metal monument. It's in the shape of, yes, that's right. It's in the shape of an arch. It's <laughs> silver. The wild thing about it is you can take a little tram all the way to the top. And it's not like the view at the top is that breathtaking. I mean, it's cool. It's worth going to. But the idea that you are in this freestanding arch, whittling your way all the way to the top in this 
like little roller coaster device they have you in. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. When you get to the very top, the thing lightly sway. You barely feel, but if you pay attention, you feel it. Lightly sways back and forth, about two feet both directions. And it's a really cool way to take a different view of the city. So the, the arch is it's one of the things that really makes St. Louis a special place. Absolutely. And I, I was there, like I said, about a decade ago. And uh, it was really fun going up that. It's not like an elevator. No. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but it's this little pod that takes you up. And you're basically going at about a 45 degree Correct. angle from when you get in there to all the way to the top. So it is a very unique uh, experience for sure. It is unique. And, and maybe even since you've come, they've, I think, put $400 million into the area around the arch. So there's a cool museum. St. Louis is really the first Western c- city. So it's where Lewis and Clark launched, and it's where all these great discoveries kind of have their genesis story, trailing all the way back to this little town called St. Louis. There's a lot of history there, and so if you don't want to go up in the arch, you're not alone. Some people are scared of heights, or they don't want to go in this little device that's going to take you to the tippity-top. Hang out at the bottom. There's a lot to see at the bottom as well. Nice, nice. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other things to do in St. Louis. So I know there's uh, the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Yes, Right. So there's like some pretty cool concerts that go on there. So, you know, and I realize most mid to major cities are going to have concerts all the time. It's a cool backdrop, though. We have the Mississippi River, which most of your listeners will, of course, know. But on the other side of the city is the Missouri River. It's another huge river. So they kind of sweep around the city. And so the backdrop of that Hollywood Amphitheater is a river. The nighttime, listening to music outside. I don't care where you are. It's awesome. But uh, that's a cool venue to check out if you're here. Okay. And so do you have any tips as far as I say, if they want to go to the arts, they want to visit some of the museums, if they want to be able to save a little bit of money, uh, you know, a lot of families like ours, they're, they're on a budget and they want to be able to see everything there is to see, but they know that there's limited funds. The cool thing about St. Louis is a lot of the things we would tell you to go check out are free. For instance, the St. Louis zoo, it's one of the top five zoos in the world. It's an incredible zoo through the generous taxpayers right here in town. We cover it for you. So make your way to St. Louis. Go to the zoo for free. It's on us. You will love it. You'll be blown away. St. Louis has a brewery. You may have heard of it called Anheuser-Busch. Well, the tours are free. I think they even give you free beer at the end of it. So uh, there's a lot of cool free things to do also while you're here. The Science Center is free. The Art Museum is free. The History Museum is free. So there's a, a lot of ways to actually save money and have a blast while you're in town. Hey, you know, it's like that sign says free beer Tuesday. It's actually free beer every day if you go on that tour. That's right. And I think if you're really wise, if you bring like wigs and mustaches, you can go around several times to that brewery tour and get a, get a pretty <laughs> good thing going on by the end of it. Get a good buzz going before you go to the next event. There we go. Right on. All right. So when we're planning on our, our trip, what part of the city should we, should we think about staying? Well, I think in most cities, if you, if you come only once, you probably want to stay in the downtown area. Okay. So St. Louis is downtown would not be considered like wildly vibrant. There's not a ton of walking traffic, but there's enough. There are some great hotels down there. There's a lot to see while you're down there. The mass transit is kind of hubbed down there. And so then from the downtown, you can make your way anywhere else. That's where we stayed downtown. And and when, <laughs> when the Rams were there, uh, it was easily walkable to the, the stadium. Same thing with going to the Blues game. And like we talked about before, like the Cardinals stadium is all like right there. And it's very easily to, to walk to any of those three. Well, totally. And then you are a three minute trip to what's called the new cathedral. New cathedral is more than a hundred years old, but there's more mosaics in this, the, in this cathedral than anywhere else outside of Europe. So it's a really cool place if you're in town again, free. So check it out. The new cathedral is based in a little town called the West end. 
the West End, it's all about 150 years old, cobblestone streets, cool architecture, musicians on the corners, great food, great booze, great art, great stuff to see. So the Central West End is a really cool place near the new cathedral that I think your listeners would also love. Oh, that sounds great. I mean, it's, it's good to get some music, see some history, and uh, and obviously some great food. So speaking of food and everything like that, let's talk about some of the places where that you'd recommend people eat. Well, man, so I got engaged. My wife asked me out at a little a little uh, Italian place called Cafe Napoli. So I, I wasn't expecting it. I'd been wild about her forever. So the fact that she, as a friend of mine, asked me out there, uh, that's eventually three years later why, where I asked her to marry me. So Cafe Napoli, that's in a part of our city called Clayton. Clayton is like the high rise, new, hip, cool, lots of businesses, a lot of young people hanging out there. It's kind of a newer version of downtown. It's it's a lot of fun. So I would encourage your listeners to either stay or at least check it out. And the restaurant's called Cafe Napoli. Closer to my own town, I live in a place called Webster Groves. Webster Groves is an awesome neighborhood, man. Uh, sidewalks, old trees, old homes, cool architecture, great restaurants. And our favorite one to walk to will probably be walking here tonight. It's called Olive and Oak. It's owned by two families. Both of the families lost a child to a heart defect. And so some of the profits from this restaurant go to support this worthy organization that helps those families out that are going through a similar type struggle. So it's got a mission and play, but more than the mission play, it's got great food and an awesome bar. You can't ask for much more than that. It's sad that they, those, those families lost the lost the child, but it's great that they're, they're keeping those memories alive by helping other families. Correct. And when you're in there, not only will you get great food and great drink and great a great vibe, it's a cool place. The pictures of the kids are all over the restaurant and it's not as sad. It's more like celebrating what they have and not what they're doing with it going forward. So yes, it's tragic what happened to them, but um, they're not defined by it. They're, they're doing something through it. That's good. That's really good to hear. Uh, say we're coming into town and obviously we've got some great dinner spots there. What about breakfast? What do we think about uh, when we have breakfast in St. Louis? Well, I think anywhere you go for breakfast, it's hard to mess up breakfast. If you have messed up breakfast, you have done a feat. Like you, you've done something that is not easily done. So first thing, congratulate the cooks that somehow have messed up breakfast. I don't think they're going to be able to mess it up. As far as places that we like to go, there's a little place down the street called Half and Half. That's in Webster Groves where we live. Cool. Uh, like I mentioned, it's like part of the inner core of St. Louis. Alvin Oak has a little place next to it called... The little bumblebee. The little bumblebee is this little diner, little breakfast place that is also phenomenal. But like I said, I, I think if you go to any little hole in the wall owned by a mall and pa, you are going to leave there with a full belly, with the majority of your money still in your purse or your pants, and a smile on your face. Oh, absolutely. Uh, after one of these dinner spots, if we wanted to grab a great dessert, are there any places in St. Louis that are really well known for their desserts? You know, everybody's got their ice cream place. Cincinnati's got theirs and LA's got theirs. Everybody's got an ice cream place. Ours is called Ted Drew's. The ice cream's delicious. The toppings and the way they make it, it's delicious. I think the best part of Ted Drew's is you go there, it's packed. Everybody's outside. They're hanging out, seated on the hoods of their car. And you feel like you just went back into the 1950s. It's a really cool vibe. There's a couple Ted Drew's, literally two of them. They're both phenomenal. And uh, that, that's probably where I would recommend people to go first. If you want a higher end dessert, if you're really a, you know fancy, you want your dessert coming out like on fire, there's a place called Cyrano's, which has terrific desserts. Like if you go for dessert, don't eat dinner. 
just go right there for dessert, leave full, satisfied and happy. What would you recommend at Sierra's? Man, they have something that they light on fire. I don't even know what it is. So this thing is going to be served to you. It's on fire. It's got ice cream. It's got caramel. It's got flames coming out of it. It comes with two spoons. So that gives you an idea of what you're dealing with here. <laughs> and uh, it, there's a whole back menu of just desserts. So it's it's got a nice little dinner menu, but the real action's at the dessert side. Hey, you know, uh, it's a good excuse to be an adult where you don't have to worry about uh, ruining your dinner. You can basically just say, you know what? I'm just having dessert tonight. We'll be back on the diet tomorrow. Well, I have a couple of friends who have big families and sometimes, not often, but sometimes they'll, instead of going out for dinner, they'll go out for dessert, like only dessert. And it's kind of like flipping the script on the, on the deal where instead of being full by the time dessert comes, you start with it. And then if you have a little bit more room, maybe you'll get a salad, maybe you'll split a sandwich, but why not really savor the best part of the meal? Yeah. I mean, why mess around with uh, filling up your belly with all the things that don't matter as much and get to the good stuff. Correct. <laughs> Like sometimes I like to travel just with my wife, leaving the kids at home or with grandma, and maybe we want to go out for like a nightcap after a good dinner. Where's a where are some nice places for that? But maybe listen to some music, have a good drink. So my favorite place for a drink again. I know you think I'm a homer, but here it comes. I love Olive and Oak. I don't know what they're doing there, but they have some really terrific drinks there. So I think you'll really enjoy that place. There are lots of places in the city near Bush Stadium. A place called Ballpark Village. It's uh, right across from Bush Stadium where the Cardinals play their baseball. And there's probably eight or so different bars in there. I don't care what your drink of choice is, what your mood is, what your uh, vibe that you like. They got live music and several of them every night. So that, that, that might be a good place to at least begin the journey and then uh, and then decide where the night takes you from there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, I don't do a whole lot of dancing, but occasionally she gets me up on a dance floor. And so we got to make sure we got a good place to go uh, you know, shake our groove. Well, there's a couple dance places there too, man. You you uh you may be looking around at a lot of young people. I always feel like who invited my grandfather in here? Like because they're all <laughs> looking at me, like who is this old man? I'm 43 years old, but some of those bars make me feel significantly older than 43. Oh yeah, no, there's there's times I go to a bar and look around, like you're like what? If I had a child early, these kids these kids could be one of my kids. Yeah, that well, that's a fact. And by the way, you you mentioned drinks. St. Louis was the home of Anheuser Busch. And as InBev came in, meaning they kind of split the brewery up a little bit, all these great marketing minds and brewmasters kind of went off and did their own thing. And so one of, the, one of the very cool things, I think in most cities these days, but in particular at St. Louis, there's so many good craft beers. So yes, get your fancy drinks, get your fancy desserts, get yourself a little custard, go to the zoo and everything else, but go to a couple of our craft breweries and I think you'll really be satisfied by, with what you drink. Nice. Uh, do you have any favorites? Man, I so I'll get in trouble if I share one because <laughs> there really are so many, but uh, I'll give you a couple. I like Urban Chestnut a lot. There's a, a company here called Four Hands, which is delightful. Civil Life is a big one. Schlafly is probably our largest. Those are four that come to the top of my mind. Modern is unbelievable, but you honestly can't go wrong. There's a lot of great beer here. And you know what? There's nothing that says that you can't go to all of them, right? Maybe only have like a, you know, like a little bit or share with your friends, right. but uh, go hit a couple of different ones and see which ones you like best. Go to Napa for wine, come to St. Louis for beer. Maybe that's the way you do your next girls weekend. There we go. Uh, sounds like a plan. You know, John, I really appreciate you coming onto the show and sharing so many wonderful tips about St. Louis, but now it's time for the final countdown. So if a traveler only had time for one meal in your town, where should they go and what should they eat? I think they need to eat more than one meal, but if they only eat one, St. Louis is probably most famous for barbecue. So uh, I think okay. you got to eat barbecue. 
and you can't go wrong in choosing that barbecue. But I, what we're most known for is Pappy's. Pappy's is a terrific barbecue joint. You are going to be blown away there. So get yourself some Pappy's. Come very hungry. Nice. It's more of a brisket, or what, what, what are they known for as far as on the barbecue? Yeah, side? I mean, you can get your brisket. I think a place like Pappy's, you got to just go all in and get yourself some ribs. Rip them apart, man. Bring a lot of napkins. Bring dirty jeans because they're going to get dirty, dirtier as you eat. <laughs> but it's it just, it's a great barbecue joint with a lot of history. Right on. Okay. So you've lived in St. Louis pretty much all your life. What's one of your most memorable stories of living in town? What you mean for me personally or being like a witness to something else? Either one. Like just something that kind of really stands out that kind of evokes the, the whole kind of emotion of, of living there. Well, let me, let me give you my favorite because it affected me directly, but it, it speaks to our community. When I was nine, I was burned in a house fire so badly that I, I could not see for a couple months in hospital recovering. And our St. Louis Cardinals announcer heard about this. So he came by the hospital the day after I was burned and uh, visits me. And he knows I can't see, he knows I can't move, but he comes and knowing that I can hear, and he said, you know, call me kid. Hey kid, you're going to live. And when you get out, we'll have John O'Leary Day at the ballpark. And then this guy learns that I'm going to die, believe it or not. He goes home, all day he comes back, he visits me again. He goes home, he comes back the following day, he visits me again. He does this for five months while I'm in hospital. His name was Jack Buck. He is the legendary Hall of Fame announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was beloved in our community. And uh, he's beloved because of his voice, the way he broadcasts baseball. But I, I think he speaks to the kind of community we are here. Like we are imperfect. We make a lot of mistakes. We got opportunities to improve. And yet there's a lot of love. There's a lot of service. There's a lot of people showing up and doing great work for others. So Jack Buck was one of the examples for me. And that story not only impacted my life, but almost everybody in St. Louis knows that story and many others that Jack Buck and the St. Louis Cardinals were part of. So that, that's uh, that's one of my favorites. What a wonderful story. I'm giving you the, the lamest cliff note version of what that guy <laughs> did and the profound impact that he had on me, on our family, on our community. And even today, as I go around sharing really a message of hope, his message is central to it. And so Jack Buck and uh, our community continues to thrive, whether we are in St. Louis or beyond. Uh, that's just inspiring. I mean, that there's so many things that people sometimes they think you have to do some grand gesture, but just sometimes just showing up yes. and letting people know you care, it means all the difference in the world. And well said. I think that is exactly right. Well, quick transition. Uh, speaking of happy things, <laughs> switching to a little bit older topics as well. Uh, where's the happiest happy hour in town? Happiest happy hour. So, man, it's been a while since uh, Brother O'Leary has been partying too hard at happy hour. I have <laughs> a wife who may not love it and four kids who may wonder where their daddy is. But I, I would suggest to you again, if you come in town and you're here for whether it's any time of year, probably that area around Ballpark Village would serve you well. You have eight different bars right there to choose from. There's another area called The Landing, which is right on the riverfront, which has some cool bars. The Central West End is a blast. Clayton, for those of you who are more like business travelers, Clayton is a lot of fun with the business community. The cool bars, great drinks there. A lot of places to have yourself a, a happy hour. <laughs> Absolutely. There's nothing that says that you have to stop at any one. You can go check them all out and figure out which one you like the best. That's right. One thing that I always do whenever I travel is uh, try the local pizza. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza? I'm not going to necessarily tell you the best place, but I'm going to tell you where you have to go. Okay. And I think those are different answers sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. In St. Louis, there's a place called Emo's. It's a huge local chain, 
but, but it's really only in St. Louis. There's a couple, like maybe in Kansas City, and maybe there's a couple that snuck into Chicago, but it's really only in St. Louis. And uh, they make their pizza very thin, and they make it with Provel. And I realized for some of us listening right now, like, oh man, it's repulsive. But if you come to St. Louis, you gotta check out Emos. We think it's awesome, and I hope that you will find it awesome as well. Yeah, I'm, will, I'm willing to try it. Try anything once, man. <laughs> it's all about the pizza. And I know, like you talked about earlier, you travel all over the world uh, you know, with your speaking gigs. What's your best travel tip? Wow. Pack light might be my first travel tip. I wasn't expecting that question at all. But what I did the first time my wife and I went to Europe is we both packed these ridiculous old, like the kind you have to carry with like both hands, <laughs> did not have wheels, did not have straps. And so we're tucking these things around. We wore like three outfits out of the 30 we brought. And I'm like, I'll never do that again. And that was before I started traveling a lot for work. Now that I travel a lot for work, and this this may scare some of you, but man, I bring almost no additional clothes. I wear different underpants and uh, different undershirts every day. I bring a dop kit, but outside of that, I'm gonna travel lean and mean so I can get in and out pretty quickly and, and uh, be flexible while I'm gone. So I would encourage your listeners, travel lighter than they think they have to. And, and there might be, uh, a sidebar in life too. Like you don't need everything that you thought you needed. Yeah, one thing that I admire for, with women is that they have so many different ways to kind of mix and match their clothes and wear them differently. Like guys, we have like our jeans and our shorts and like our, our business clothes. And like, that's really all that we have. And there's not, not a whole lot of mixing and matching you can do other than wearing, you know, the clean shirt versus the dirty shirt. Right. I, you know, I almost resent that. I, I when Beth and my wife and I go out for dinner, I'm, I'm almost mad at her because she always looks so good. And you can only make blue jeans and an Oxford cloth <laughs> shirt. Like it only pops so much, you know, like maybe I'll throw a blazer on with this and really make it set it off today. It doesn't really work. And so women have a unique advantage of really being able to come out at a different level than you and I. But maybe that needs you and I need to start a trend, man. Maybe we need to get out of the uh, boring button up shirts and be a little bit more bold. We do need to step up our fashion game, that's for sure. But the other thing is, I, I think with our wives and this is gonna be a little brown nosing moment here, they deserve to be in that spotlight anyways. And like, I'm fine with being in the shadows, you know, with giving a little spotlight to her, so. Well, me too, and I have no choice. Like, <laughs> I, I married way above my pay grade, so uh, she's in the spotlight regardless. Nice, nice. Well, John, I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, it's been great connecting with you. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and how they can reach you? Sure. So I, I live in St. Louis, Missouri. My name is John O'Leary. I am a husband of one. Her name is Beth, father of four. Today, I'm a speaker, a writer. I wrote a book called On Fire. It's a number one national bestseller. It's a cool book, so check it out at the library. And I have a podcast called Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. Like you, I interview people that I just think are cool, have terrific stories. And man, in a marketplace with so much negativity, we talk a lot about light. We talk about people making a difference, the impact that we can have, and the truth that everybody's got a story, and the stories are worthy. So um I, I just encourage your listeners to learn a little bit more about us at johnolearyinspires.com. Nice. And if, if somebody wants to connect with you on social media or anything like that, what's the best uh, What's the best channel to reach you? So I'm on all of them. So if you're on social media, I am there too. And if you want to find out what the link is, just go go to my primary website. It's johnolearyinspires.com. And there are little links to everything. And I look forward to seeing you online there. Absolutely. And again, we'll, we'll have all the, on the, the show notes as well for this episode. John, I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, it's been a great uh, talking with you and learning about St. Louis. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Lee, come on, man. We'll go up in the arch together. That sounds great. 
Big thanks to John for coming onto the show and sharing his great tips for St. Louis, Missouri. Show him some love by visiting the site at johnolearyinspires.com and follow him on Twitter at joleryinspires. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about St. Louis, Missouri. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash St. Louis. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. I love how their clothing is designed for travel and resists wrinkles and dirt to keep me looking and smelling great, even after a full day of traveling. Best of all, their clothing is machine washable so you don't need to find a dry cleaner when you're away from home. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEAD to save 10% off your next order. Send me a message and let me know what style you pick. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best trips for travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Guanajuato, Mexico with Tim Leffel, author of The World's Cheapest Destinations. This expat paradise is best known among Mexicans for its mummy museum and pivotal role in the Mexican Revolution. You'll also enjoy hearing about the Cervantino Festival, which is the biggest in Latin America, and the amazing food at incredible prices. You'll be joining us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Thank you.